Welcome to A Mall Life. Well, I'm so glad to be back. Uh, this is Dave, and I'm here with my good buddy, Don. And we're just excited to get back into the mall business, and we're, uh, we're you know, building up for this holiday season, uh, you know, which, which Don's only having PTSD over here in the corner about holiday seasons, but I'm preparing to ruin my kid's Christmas, which I, <laughs> which I believe that's what you got accused of. Yeah, she said that uh, the amount of time I spent between Thanksgiving and Christmas and the stress that I, that I put myself under uh, was... Uh, not good for making for a joyous Christmas at our house often. Well, when you're when you're the last one to to close down the Santa line and get the death threats that are required there, <laughs> I think that's uh, that sends you off on the Christmas spirit that's pretty right. well. Um, well, we're we're glad to be back and we're glad to prepare for the holiday season and, and maybe talk about some uh, some different things that we've experienced coming into the holiday seasons and uh, and we're glad actually to welcome back our our previous guest uh, Mickey, uh, which you may recall he started in security and grew throughout mixed use. We had some really great discussions about uh, mixed use centers and and uh, some of the complexity of that twenty four seven. So I'd like to welcome back Mickey. Mickey, thank you for joining us again. Yeah, thank you guys very much for having me. Great to be here. Yeah, it was it was great to have a conversation with you last time, and and to just kind of talk um, talk all the shop from your from from just kind of your evolution in the business. And uh, you know, um, last time we didn't really dive into what you're doing now, which is more on the IT side. You kind of mentioned it uh, at the end, but um, but you know, surprisingly, the uh, I think for most people, you wouldn't realize how much uh, they call it prop tech if you're in that world. But there's a lot of property technology that can be incorporated. Um, and it sounds like this is a lot of what you're working on right now. Yeah. So, you know, with a background starting in security, but then, you know, spending a good chunk of my career, both in property management and then on asset management, had a lot of time to think about the different things that uh, could help make the customer experience better, could make efficiencies uh, for the teams that were, were working at the sites. And uh, so uh, I'm just so blessed to be in a role now where I get to focus, uh, you know, all of my attention on uh, the technology pieces of the business and what happens uh, out at the properties. And so um, one of the biggest topics today that um, and, and biggest things that I'm working on is is on the electric vehicle uh, charging and infrastructure side. And um, while this doesn't seem like an overly interesting one, if you look at what's happening in the world right now, this transition from, you know, petroleum powered vehicles to to electric vehicles, um, there are certain states in the country where you're seeing double digit uh, sales of electric vehicles. Now uh, you're seeing uh, adoption that is, uh, you know, doubling year over year. And there's the need uh, for infrastructure to support all of those vehicles. And while 80% of people are charging their cars at home, uh, there's a good chunk of people that don't have access to infrastructure that's out there. And so the the, the public facilities that are available to customers are going to be the ones that a lot of people rely on. And so as a shopping center owner or manager, you have to think about what that infrastructure can do for you. It can help to create not only an amenity for somebody that's coming to you and able to charge up their vehicle, but it also creates that habit for them, the habitual behavior that brings them back to your property to go to the shopping or to go to the, you know, the, the stores there for shopping and, and, and do different things at your properties for an entertainment perspective as well. And so it, it takes up a lot of time and it's not as easy as just saying, well, just put in a bunch of chargers. There's a lot that goes into it. And so, uh, so that, that's a big piece of it. Um, but to your to your point, there are so many different types of, uh, of technology that you could invest in, and it's really just trying to filter through and decide what is going to be going to be the best thing out there. And um, my goal is to make it so that your experience when you come to a shopping center um, is as uh, as good as it can be and as efficient as it can be. And uh, the representation of the brand of that shopping center should start from the time that you start your shopping journey uh, through an application or through a mobile website or whatever it is, and extend all the way through that trip to the actual physical site. Oh, that's that's so important. That's that's I mean, the the trick of you know leaving your house already or or even researching your trip and already having that touch point is is so important. You know, I'm not asking for trade secrets here now, but. Is there a percentage that you think you're going to have to have chargers, you know, based on uh, parking counts? Is it is it a five percent of the spaces? Is it ten percent? Or do, do, when you're looking long range, uh, you know, it's funny, but being retired almost two years now, and 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 basically sitting out uh, COVID on the sidelines because I wasn't traveling the last year because of COVID. Uh, the, uh, there's been a ton of changes in just, you know, in, in two and a half, three years. Uh, I actually was at David's Mall a couple times during COVID, uh, 
uh, when I was still working, we were looking at different technologies for sanitizing and you know you you get some interesting things you also maybe get some snake oil salesmen too i mean there was there was a lot of things out there uh i i know on parking uh, when we were looking for houses out here it amazed me how many houses they pre-wired for chargers in the garage when you're looking at new houses and i'm just curious what what you see the number being you know when looking at uh, the future especially with you being based in california uh how many spaces do you think that's going to have to be yeah, and, and that that's a question that I, I think is answered differently based on where you are to your point. So if you happen to be in a jurisdiction that um, prescribes a number of spaces, that's the number of spaces that you're gonna have to put in. And the 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 small on the on the smaller side, that's you know, somewhere three or five percent of the spaces, but there are plenty of jurisdictions, uh, especially in the coastal states that are uh, requiring that you don't necessarily have to have the equipment installed, um, you know, right now, but you have to pre-wire or make EV ready upwards of a quarter of the parking spaces oh, that are wow. out there. Wow. And the equipment is, you know, not not inexpensive to install, uh, but it's also uh, not it's not terrible either. The biggest issue is the electric infrastructure at the property. The utility companies can provide it generally. It's trying to figure out how to get that amount of power out to that pedestal to charge the vehicle. And so um, it's a it's a double kind of pronged approach when you think about what the what the needs are going to look like. There are going to be charging destinations that are going to be the fueling stations of the future. These are the Tesla superchargers, those Electrify America stations that you see with the solar canopies over the top of them. And there will be a number of, of other interesting concepts that are going to come up. I've talked to a number of them where they create an amenitized experience around the charging experience that kind of mimics the gas station of today. And that's what is going to be kind of part of what, what's happening. The other side of it is the person who wants to come and go to dinner or go to a movie or spend, you know, that traditional 120 minutes uh, at our centers. And they're going to be the ones that are going to need that other infrastructure that we're putting in. So it's um it, it's something. And, and also, how does that infrastructure look? Is it the same kind of look that we have today? Or are we going to go with something that's a little bit more um, integrated into the property and looks a little bit more purposeful? And that those are the kinds of things that I'm trying to think about and work out to make sure that it gets done right. So when you're talking about amenities at, at uh, charging stations, is Starbucks ready to start coming in and, and having their <laughs> <laughs> offering their product? It amazes me. I don't drink coffee. So when I drive around and I can count, you know, six Starbucks stores in a, in a mile, a mile and a half, I'm just stunned because I don't get it. And uh, they are everywhere. It's not actually that far off. Um, I'm not sure if Starbucks is going to be the right partner, but um, I will. Uh, if you start looking around at the charging stations that you see, just look at what the businesses are that are around them. And, um, you know, those stops, uh, if you're not an EV driver, an EV charging session doesn't have to be that long. I mean, if you charge from the, you know, for to, to get you to your next destination, it's only a 10 to 15 minute stop. It's pretty quick. And so you want to have the services around that kind of support that if that's, if that's what you're looking to do. But, um, you know, parking in general has, has changed dramatically, you know, over the years and, uh, depending on the type of, of shopping center, we talked about, you know, different types of uses in the last one. It's, it's not, um, it's not enough to just be, uh, a parking lot for just the retail anymore where you've got other types of uses. And if you bring in, you know, multifamily into a shopping center site, or you've got offices that are there, you may have to share those parking resources. And that's something that takes, uh, that takes a lot of thought as well, because now are, you're not just sharing the physical parking space itself, but any other infrastructure that you may be installing too. You know, it's, um, it's fascinating all these things when uh, had Queen we have Queen or Macebridge has Queen Center. Uh, I think it was listed as number two of uh, of uh, Uber's uh, second highest destination in New York City. Oh, Only wow. thing higher was was uh, World Trade or excuse me Empire State Building. Wow! And uh, it's just because um, it, it it's easy to get to it by by uber and you know we were looking at how many parking spaces we you know we were going to be able to give up just because of the change of how people shop now and how people use vehicles and of course in dense cities there's so many different opportunities uh mickey you sound so good on your microphone here i've had microphone envy during this whole thing but part of the reason you have that is you have a podcast to talk about this technology don't you i i do and uh so uh it's interesting when you start something, um, as you guys will find out soon enough, um, it kind of becomes part of your life. And so 
back in 2007, um, I started a podcast called The Cell Phone Junkie. And the name uh, went back to an old handle that I had on uh, online forums. Uh, I was a big fan of wireless technology. I always have been. And I wanted to figure out a way to just learn more about what was going on in the industry. And so in the early days of podcasts, uh, I started looking for shows that were out there that were talking about things and found very few. And so um, I started my own. And uh, what ultimately happened was I found a co-host and this was somebody that I had known for a number of years, um, was actually in my wedding party. And I said, we should do this show. And uh, we just started recording shows every single week about the cellular industry. And the best way I can describe it is it's like the nightly news of the industry. So we talk about the latest news, new devices that are out there, software uh, that has come out that week and answer questions and comments that come in from listeners. And uh, here we are 850 some shows later, a wow. uh, show every single week going on year 17, I think it is now. And uh, yeah, it's a, uh, it's a fun thing to do. It's a hobby. It's transcended now three cross country moves. Um, uh, I've been married longer than I've been doing the show, but um, it is, you know, you know, six years older than my oldest child. And so uh, <laughs> there is something to it and uh, it's a fun time. And I have no idea what else I'd be doing on a Sunday night if it wasn't recording a show. Just tell me you don't refer to the podcast as your firstborn though. I mean, it hasn't, it hasn't taken that place, has it? It, it, it certainly has not, although okay, okay. Uh, there Just, are certain parts of it that seem to take up as much time as a child from time to time, because well, well, you do have to do a lot of research to get ready for a show. I do have, uh, you know, I've been married 43 years, and I can tell you, I have a list as long as my arm of things not to do. And uh, so if, um, uh, I can probably tell you some things not to do with your children, too, but we're going to have my daughter on one of these shows, and I guess everyone will learn the things that I did wrong then. Well, really it, 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 I mean, the thing, the fun thing about the uh, kids though, is, um, they have, have watched me do this and this has just been part of my life. And they, you know, they, they kind of understand that, you know, when you, when you are dedicated to something and it's an important thing in your life, uh, it, it becomes something that they understand and they respect. And so I've actually had the opportunity to do not the shows, not cell phone junkie shows, but I've recorded multiple podcasts with them, um, where we've, you know, done topics of their interest. And so that's been kind of fun. We haven't posted them or anything, but they, yeah. they get a kick out of that. So but, I, I would encourage cool. you, although yours are a little bit older than mine for sure. <laughs> that's awesome. I mean, well, it's fun to it's fun to relate to your children into the business. I mean, um, you know, during COVID, I had uh, you know they're they're all doing homeschool, which I'm sure you had some pleasure with having a have a having a young young couple sons too. And I remember uh, they got all their work done pretty pretty early. And you know, I had thought I would have a maintenance team on hand like during the start of COVID. I was like, oh man, we're going to get so many projects done. It's going to be amazing. And then you know, we made the right business decision, which was hey. Uh, let's throttle back some of our staffs that we have on hand and, and bring it down to how much traffic we have. And so we were doing some things. Anyway, I remember, um, you know, one Friday, they terrorized my wife all week because I had managed to go into the office. And I said, why don't they just come paint them all with me? And so I got them all brushes and I got them the, you know, the vanilla white paint and we just painted handrails. And I was like, look, here's a country mile. Start here, go that way. And uh, what music do you want to listen to? And I told the security officer to go put them all music to whatever channel it was. And then we went to painting. <laughs> and they got Sonic out of the deal and they felt like this was a pretty good win, yep. you know, and we didn't drip any paint on storefronts. So I felt like I got a win. Yeah. It was pretty good. It's great. I feel like your uh, your, your kids ha would have some stories to tell with mine. I uh, I have, and as I'm sure we all have, have brought our kids into the office. You know, more Saturdays uh, than I care to admit, uh, as I've had different things to do. Um, but every time there's you know some sort of fun thing that they get to do, you know, now it's play on a screen. You know, the iPad comes with, and they get to they get to watch stuff or play stuff. Or you know, when um, I, I had one property that had uh, an office building at it, and it had a rooftop terrace, and so I would take them up there and we would get food we would get you know they would get some special drinks you know some sort of bubbly sugary substance and uh then we would we would watch stuff on the tv and i would sit there and i would just kind of work away as i was doing things and 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 they just thought it was the best and so yeah there okay. there are plenty of things that my kids have had the opportunity to do places that they have been and and things that that they have seen that uh you know 99.99 percent of the children in this country have never seen oh yeah i i was introduced to sugar cubes at a mall management office that's where i learned about <laughs> sugar cubes i was like eight and i remember 
were going in being like, what is this cube sugar? <laughs> this is amazing. Like, just, I remember that was my snack on Saturday. I go with my dad. I eat a couple of sugar cubes, feeling like I was a million dollars. You know. <laughs> yeah, I can hardly wait till we get your father around oh, and understand. Well, when my dad comes un- understand along, that, we'll understand of, that thought process. They're giving. Well, you sugar him, him and Mickey go go off forever because they they talk IT and have a grand old time talking all those things. But uh, well, you know, it's amazing how the technology has has uh, changed. I remember we used to have discussions about how often we had to reprint the mall directories that we handed out because, you know, it never failed. Just as soon as you print one, someone left or someone new came. I mean, it, it was almost like they knew what day it was going through the printer. You said, okay, we're going to cut this off. We're going to print it with this. And then, you know, next day two people move out at midnight and, and you've got temporary tenants and they want to know why they're not on the directory and why they're not on the. You were on the <laughs> next quarterly update. My <laughs> That's friends. Right. So, uh, <laughs> but now I'm assuming you figured out how to make that all instantaneous almost. And you think about 10 years ago, 15 years ago with directories, there were people that were testing out different types of digital directories and they were not great experiences. And so a lot of developers and owners went back to the traditional, just print out the directory and and do the thing. And maybe you had a backlit one that was a little bit fancier colored or whatever, but it's really been in the last five years where the, the quality directories, the digital directories have come out. And so the ones that I think are, are the best experiences now are the ones that uh, function very similar to the traditional touchscreen experiences that we have, whether it's your phone or a tablet or whatever. Um, but then it does something, it has got to do something else. And that is create that, uh, that, that, that piece of information that you are looking for and make it more personalized. And so uh, there are the, the best ones that I've seen, g- take your location, and the location that you're looking to go to, and they either send you via a, a text, which I don't necessarily love because you're entering in a phone number, but you can do QR code based ones too, where you scan a QR code and it takes you from the point that you're at over to the where you're, lo- where you're looking to go. And you take that phone with you. But it's, it is it is the type of experience that is going to be very helpful and in, in kind of thinking about what the future of these types of property technologies look like. Because the phone is the center po- point of pretty much everything that we do. And we're competing against someone literally just pulling out their phone, pulling up Google Maps, and doing a search for the store that they're looking for. And I think back to 2013, I guess it was, when um, I was living in the Bay Area, and uh, I started working directly with Google to do indoor mapping of shopping Sweet. centers where we were going in and creating this, like the space-by-space plans within the shopping centers updated with tenant information so that the, the customer at that point could just use their phone and figure find their way around. And then it was even more than that. Then it was taking the larger department stores and or big boxes and dividing them up. I had a Best Buy where you could actually see where appliances were, where mobile devices were, where TVs were on the map in Google. Sweet. And that kind of functionality is what the consumer is going to be looking for. And it's it's our job to make sure that we're meeting them with where that expectation is. No, that's that's awesome. And, and, you know, and you talk about the ones that were originally just terrible. I remember watching a YouTube video of one of the new ones that had come out, and it was just horrible because somebody's trying to type in anthropology, and you know, and it's just there's a line of seventeen people behind the person trying to type this in, and it's not pulling anything up, and it's just so terrible. And it used to go back to you know, like where we were trying to help mom find the store, right? Like you were just trying to get how do I reduce this friction. And, and we've even talked about, you know, some of the synergy of like used to put the stores together, used to put the spores apart. Now you put the stores back together. So you have all the like stuff and, you know, and the directories would have that same thing where it's like you would have, you know, someone come up with like, you want all every line drawn in on the map. And it's like, no, mom just wants to know that it's in the purple area between this entrance and JC Penney's. She doesn't need to know that it's seven stores in on the right. It's like, no, this is it. And the new directories really came around where, like you said, like the the phone technology is awesome. Like our directories currently are, are are pretty cutting edge and they're good, but that's even one more step. Like ours, you type it in and you get a it gets a really great you know multi floor directional arrow and and it's really pretty and it looks good and it mirrors our our online presence with our website, which is great. But the QR code step, I mean, that would be that's just like next level for kind of that guided concierge that 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 text providing. That's awesome. When you were talking about the big directories in the mall, I was in my oldest daughter lives in London. We were in a mall there, and they had it was the first time I'd seen the the big electronic directories. And uh, the thing that hit me was they weren't working properly that day. So you watch <laughs> there and watch how many times they hit it. 
And then it, uh, my joke was, you know how many people can use a, a, a touch directory at a time? One. <laughs> and uh, so watching them just keep hitting it and that, and I'm thinking, you know, give me the give me the sheet again. <laughs> and just make sure that you faced it the right direction. So, you know, if you look to your right, that really is Neiman Marcus or it really is Nordstrom's instead of, you know, that's the – and, it, it, you know, how many times have we been in malls? And I, I don't think I've had any of them where they just put the directory up and it's like, uh, could you orient it to the way that it's supposed to go? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, But, uh, yeah, the phones have made it a lot easier. Yeah, a lot simpler. And, and really cool technology, too, with, with, uh, with some of the changes. Yep. Mickey, what what do you see as uh, those of us or those that are still in the shopping center industry? What's the next steps for what we can do for? And I know you have a lot of mixed use, but for retailers, what's the next steps that that malls should be thinking about, or or what's the next steps that's going to happen in that experience? You know, uh, I I probably did not start buying. I don't think I bought anything on on Amazon until COVID hit. And I can remember being on uh, in airports watching people buy online and thinking, what is wrong with these people? But uh, then once you try it and you realize, oh, this can be at my door today or it's going to be there tomorrow. Uh, you know, what's what's the next steps that keep malls uh, current? And um, I, I, I'm not one that thinks malls are going away, by the way, so I'm not saying that in any way. But uh, what what's the next steps that you see coming with that as this is what you do for a living and you're forward thinking? So I think the, the the kind of the baseline here is to to think back to 2019 and the the mainstream media's coverage of shopping centers and in malls in particular and the narrative was malls are dying and we're not going to be shopping in you know in closed retail uh, at some point in the near future and the only thing I could think of at that time was yes maybe there are going to be there's going to be some attrition here we're going to have some shopping centers that aren't going to make it but there's still really good retail that's never going to go away and then what happened with covid was we got this i'll say full immersion into a digital world where you had to literally buy everything in that way and it worked for some things commodities are amazing and when you look commoditized goods that is and then when you look at some of the the personal things the, you know the i'll say the the things that really take um, you know, the the joy of shopping and the joy of retail and completely remove all of that because it's now just a transaction. Those are the things that help us realize just how important these these businesses are. And, you know, shopping in markets or bazaars has been around for thousands of years. This is not a new concept. And it's just the way that we've designed it is is how it's new. And so if you really want to understand where things are going, you almost have to look back and say, like, how has technology evolved over time for us to really be able to, again, meet that customer's needs where they are? And so today, over 60% of shopping journeys start not online, but on Amazon. And so what's interesting about that is that you've got you know more people starting on Amazon than in a search engine when they're looking for a product. That doesn't mean that they finish the shopping journey there. That's just where they're starting. Mm-hmm. And so if you continue kind of on that, like, what does that mean? Well, that means that they're looking for a a, a centralized place where they know that they can find the most robust uh, you know quantity of goods that are possible. And then from there, you take it and say, how do we capture some of that traffic and make sure that we're supporting our businesses in our physical stores? with what that customer is doing when they're starting their shopping journey. And what you'll find is that it comes down to the overall experience going back to from the time that you park in that parking lot to the the property that they're walking through and the standards that you have there to the actual experience that they have in the store and then what they're doing either before or after that as well. And that overall experience is that is the art of retailing. And that is what we have to look at in, in kind of going into the future, which is, how do we use digital to help support the needs of the businesses that we have that survive on brick and mortar? And that's going to mean a, an omni-channel approach. It's a term that gets used a lot. It gets thrown around a lot, but it's really true. It's a brand needs to have a physical storefront. They need to have a, a website or some sort of e-commerce platform that supports whatever it is that they're looking to do. And as the owner, we need to make sure that we're supporting those businesses and those needs. It's not necessarily that we need to take away that e-commerce play or that we need to tell them what to do. We just need to understand the, the business of their businesses and do whatever it is that we can to make sure that they're successful. And the good ones will be as flexible and adaptable as possible. And 
someone trying to I'll say jam a, a, a solution down the throat of a you know a portfolio of retailers is never going to work. You're going to get a few, but you're never going to cover everybody. Well, it's it's been an age old problem. I mean, I was doing this back in the '70s and late '70s. It's it's only as good as the employees in the store too. Once you get them there. Uh, I I can't tell you how many times I've had com- people complain about their sales, and uh, I love the way that you know we track sales and uh, the technology has improved so much since when I first started. But you know you could show you'd have people come in and say, well you know bring your district manager in, bring the owner in, let's talk, and you show them the store to the left of them, their sales are up. The store to the right of them, the sales are up, and their sales aren't where they want them to be. Now is this a you know they always want to make it a mall problem. But a lot of times that problem is within the four walls. And let's face it, we've all we've all suffered, and I, I, I've, I've joked about it, I want to start a part, podcast of we're not going to take it anymore because I'm tired of the uh, the COVID excuse and, and supply chain excuse. And uh, I was staying at a hotel chain uh, this last week that I've stayed at over 1,800 nights, which, by the way, is wow. five years wow. in the years that I was traveling. That's too many nights away from home. And... Um, they, they that's what they always went back to and and then they kept telling me that we have a ten and a half million dollar remodeling coming up and I said that's great but I'm here today and and you know here's here's what's not happening you know uh, it it I, I can only imagine the pressure that's that's changed even since I've been out and came back from COVID where if you can't have the people and you can't offer the experience that that damage to your brand is very hard to to come back from and and with that said there's some restaurants that i never care if i go in again and i can think of three restaurants right now where it is impressive to go in just to see how well it works because they got it you know there's there they, they you you can actually see them working as a team and uh, you know it's, it's impressive to see it but there's a lot of changes that are going to have to happen and it's going to start with what happens inside the uh you know the the, the mall can do so much but it's still the experience they have inside the store. That that's where the money's made, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see how retailers address that. Yeah, for sure. There's there's another thing you know that you you can consider that is the the person who is buying online is generally doing so for convenience. Uh, if it was more convenient for them to go to a shopping center to pick something up, they probably would do that. If there's something that they're looking for, something very specific or customized they're probably going to want to go and see it, touch it, you know, try it on, that kind of thing. We were talking about apparel. And so, but if there's if there's something that makes it more convenient for them to go to your shopping center to, to buy, then they're going to want to do that. Whether it's because they can check off two things or three things or whatever, those are the types of decisions that people are making because gas is not getting cheaper and time is, you know, not becoming more abundant. And so people are trying to figure out how their lives are, are going to fit together. We're going into a period of uncertainty again. You know, I mean, this was just two years ago we were just in this. And now, you know, I was just talking to somebody today and I said, well, we're going to have a lot more certainty and, you know, call it nine months from now than we do today about this. And I thought, boy, I sound like a broken record from <laughs> early, you know, 2020. And um, but what we have to do is we have to take that information that we have today we have to take the data that we have today because it's, you know, we get a lot of great information from retailers and on their performance, but there's a lot of additional third party sources of data that we can also use to help measure the the actual business against the metrics uh, that we think are appropriate for them and help them to, you know, to make decisions or changes within their four walls, to your point, and the good ones will accept it. The other one, the others probably won't be there in a year. And, uh, yeah, and, and it's just yeah. kind of how it is. And I, and I still think that there's a need for human interaction. Uh, you know, it's uh, while we're doing this podcast, we're watching you on a, on a Zoom call right now so we can see it. Uh, that changes the dynamic of this conversation because we're looking at each other. If you were sitting here at the table across from us, it changed it even more. And I think, at, at least in my case, and it's what I said about the industry earlier. This is an industry about people. It's the people that work for you. It's the people you work with. It's how you tie into your community. It's how you, you know, how you how you tie into your 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 tenants and and uh, your business partners. And um, I think we all like that. We 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 want that. I don't I don't want to be isolated, um, uh, you know, from from everyone. And that's one of the things that uh, I want to thank David publicly here for this for this. Uh, 
podcast because it's been fun to sort of talk about the things that that you liked about the job. Yeah, it brings brings you joy. Yep. Well, and speaking of joy, you know, it's um, we have started applying a lot of technology towards Santa sets and Santa pieces, and since we're going into the holiday season a little bit. You know, um, we, we, I mean, Matrix has done a great job with, you know, naughty and nice meters and, you know, uh, interactive apps. Hey, hey you those do don't stuff. work because we ran a, a leasing guy through one once and he came out nice. Yeah. Well, and I, I know that, you know, that, not all brokers that, can that, go that through technology that technology is, but, uh, that technology yeah, is right. <laughs> for sure. But, uh, you know, there's some secrets to that. You know, oh. I, there's a different disc you had to put in oh, for that okay. one. But, um, but, you know, a lot of the technology had changed for him and a lot of the interactions, but, but at the root of it, it's still, you know, finding ways for people to interact before they get to see the big man in red, you know. And and, um, and I was thinking it, may, it might be fun since we're kind of coming to the holidays and Black Friday. I was wondering if you guys have any stories kind of related to things that happen on holidays or maybe things leading up to holidays that you might have had to. And, I, and I'd start out with um, back to my kids a little bit. One Christmas, it had snowed so bad that we couldn't do anything else, so I took about three families from the neighborhood. I plowed all the way to the mall, and then we played in the play area by ourselves in the mall, totally shut down on a Christmas day. And I still think it was the coolest thing to do, even though my kids were only, I think, three and one at the time or you know but it was like unfettered access to a, a complete play area which i thought was pretty fun on a christmas day but uh, mickey do you have anything on uh, on a holiday that something happened or a couple stories yeah i mean so first off you are like dad number one for that that is uh <laughs> that that is what dreams are made of um so you know fortunately um i i haven't had too many real terrible holiday experiences although um, it does seem like whenever there's a holiday, the phone rings for something. Um, and it's usually something that's kind of off the wall, uh, you know, or, or, or kind of wacky in relation to what usually happens and what the, you get the calls for. Cause there's no one in the shopping centers on those holidays. Um, I had one year, um, I got a call on Christmas morning. It was about nine 30. And, uh, fortunately, you know, we had already opened all the presents and we were just kind of hanging out or whatever. Um, but we had severe winds and this was in a shopping, an outdoor shopping center. And the winds had fully taken down a barricade, uh, that was surrounding a corner of, of one of our, our businesses. <laughs> and the, the store was under construction and so the good news is that it was Christmas Day and, you know, this multi hundred pound barricade had fallen down and basically covered the entirety of the sidewalks outside the business. But nobody was hurt. So good news there. That's good news. The problem, though, was there was no storefront up. This was on the corner. It was really windy and it was below zero or excuse me, below freezing. Ooh. And so it was at a point where we were very concerned about pipes freezing and additional damage happening from, uh, you know, from from water and whatnot. So it was a, it was a very quick, you know, process to, uh, to get the right people out there to get the barricades up, uh, to make sure that we didn't have any additional damage. Wow. That's uh, crazy. Uh, I had the opportunity. I think I, I said earlier in the last couple of weeks to see that my mentor and she, we were talking about the podcast and some of the stories and she was talking that she'd hired someone came in and said they wanted to skydive Santa in, uh, that he wanted to <laughs> skydive. Santa and in. so, uh, they had a huge field back behind it, and, and uh, she thought it sounded like a, a good idea, as she said she was young and, and maybe a little foolish back then. And, and uh, there was two of them that were going to skydive with an elf. So Santa and an elf. Santa and okay, an elf. Okay, all right. And, uh, Straight they, from the North Pole, I got yep, it. Yep, yep, yep. And then they had another – he didn't want to be the Santa, but he wanted to come in, and then you know they'd lead Santa off into another room, and, and then you know the, the Santa who could say ho, ho, ho came out. And uh, when Santa jumped from the plane, they just watched him going farther and farther away. <laughs> he wasn't anywhere near the near the shopping no center. Dro no it's drop just, zone. It's just like, no. <laughs> and uh, so uh, she had to scramble then to, to do a last-minute save there on the uh, on the Santa. They, they had a Santa on site, but the kids were not happy seeing Santa just drifting off into never-never <laughs> land as, as they went along. She said when they did find him, he was quite a bit away, and they said his beard was off to the side. I mean, he didn't think that all the way through. It's, it's, it's well, you got you got to check your winds. You know, when you're coming in a Santa, you got to check your winds. Yeah. So, well, that's uh, funny. Yeah. yeah, I had one. Uh, speaking of uh, Santa entries, um, it was the day after Thanksgiving, and this was always the day that Santa showed up at this particular center that I was at, and uh, we had a tradition of Santa coming in on a horse-drawn carriage Ooh. and 
this particular year, the horses didn't show up. And so we were getting close to the time when we needed to get Santa from the staging area out to, you know, his throne. And uh, through some quick thinking, uh, my assistant um, reached out to, I think it was her grandparents, if I recall, and got a convertible Mercedes out to the property. And we put Santa on the back of uh, his gas powered sleigh. And uh, that's how he made it to his throne that particular year. So, so you were probably ahead of uh, Mercedes Benz then with their, uh, you know, black or was it brown and uh, red cars or black and red car commercial with Santa. You, you were the impetus for Mercedes. Yeah, some someone had the uh, the the forethought to say, you know what, this is that's what a, we should do at some point in the future. That's a good idea. Well, I can't believe you didn't have a fire truck there just in case. I think that's what <laughs> Judy, Judy had the fire department there. I think because of crowds, they had they had people there and. Um, they put that Santa on, the, I think, on a fire truck and brought him in. But she'll tell the real story when we get yeah, around some, here. Someday but, you'll, you'll hear yeah. the real story, and it'll be nothing like you remember it. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wasn't there for that one. She, she was also telling one where they had the, the 12 reindeer there in a like a petting zoo. This was a long, long time ago, back when those things went on. And uh, they went out one morning, and one of the reindeer was dead. <laughs> and uh, so the 11 reindeer became a bit of a problem. And then they did an autopsy to find out why that deer reindeer died because you'd had kids in there petting them and uh, it was nothing nefarious it was uh it, was it wasn't like a gumdrop or something no 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 but it was uh yeah a lot of these things you know when you think of stuff in your head it, it all seems so good but sometimes when you go to execute it it was uh, yeah, a little. uh I'm, I'm changing the subject here totally but when uh, talking about my mentor uh she offered to pay for our wedding if joyce and i got married in the mall and uh, I tried to get Joyce to to marry me in the mall, and she would not do it. She's a smart lady. I she's think. A, she's yeah. smarter than yeah. me. Yeah. But uh, all I was thinking is this will save me thousands of dollars, and you know, you know. And I said we can still go get married in a church, and we'll just go. And so years later, I decided to have a wedding in the mall, and uh, we did a little bit of a contest, and we found two people. Uh, one of them was a security guard, by the way, and and uh, so we had we had brought in our. Uh, our decor company we use for different events, and they'd set up a nice, a nice uh, area in the middle of the mall. And one of the things they brought in was, uh, I think it's Venus de Milo. Is that the is that the statue with no arms and no head? Yeah. And so this was a blended family. He he uh, his parents had divorced, so the mother was there with the new husband, and the and the father was there with the new wife. And she looked at this set, and she was not going to let her son get married in front of a naked statue. So this was an integral part of how everything was set up. There wasn't time to take it out in that. So we had to go up and drape it. Now this is an armless, headless, and we had to put a drape over it. Otherwise she wasn't gonna let her son get married in the mall. And I went home that night and hugged my wife and kissed her and I said, thank you for not marrying me in the mall. Mm -hmm. Because it seemed like a good idea at the time, but when I actually tried to execute it that time, not so much. Well, that's, that's that's a heck of a I mean, heck of an event set up, and then to take the risk on of just having, you know, nowadays we call them bridezillas, and they're just more yeah. common because of TLC, I think. But uh, but uh, it's pretty it's a it's a fairly fairly common thing um, now, and I I wouldn't I don't know if I'd want the brain damage of that anyway. You know, never, just, never just, occurred to yeah, us that would be yeah, where the problem that, that, was. That, yeah, that would not have been the problem. <laughs> yeah, I would have yeah. thought of. I would have thought runaway bride. That's what I would have gone with, but. Um, for, for movies I've had to watch. Um, you know, well, c- kind of going from there, uh, sometimes, now, I'd, we've recently gained a, uh, a day back. I don't know if your mall managers that you work with, Mickey, have, have gained a, a day back, but Thanksgiving as a Black Friday has finally gone back to being a true holiday that is Thanksgiving, which is, which is nice. It's a reprieve, you know, to have three days off that the mall's actually closed and hopefully won't call you, uh, you know, versus two and having to work Thanksgiving night. But um, I was wondering... When we have those days that the mall's truly closed, and you said the barricade story, which I think makes total sense because there's nobody there to, you know, if a tree falls in the forest and no one's there, does it really make a sound? And if a barricade falls, I don't know. But but uh, I was wondering, have you ever had anything nefarious happen on on a day that there's nobody there? Like uh, anyone, you know, like we talk often about thefts and different things, and I was wondering if have you have any? Did you ever have anything on a day that we were closed that maybe was a, maybe was an interesting story? 
Yeah. So the thing for, I guess, for me with mixed use properties is always having something going on because there never is closed because there's people living there. And as long as there's people living there, there's going to be at least one restaurant that opens up for at least one meal part because then they know they can also do, you know, alcohol sales as well. And so, um, you know, the, the number of, of incidents that are alcohol related absolutely seems to go up uh, during the holidays. But I guess, you know, the you know, the things that you see that that happen during those days, um, you know, for the most part are not. Uh, well, I shouldn't say that they're, they're not uh, they're not as extreme. I, I do remember a um, I had a theater at one of my properties. Of course, theaters are usually open on Christmas and um, there's a call from the manager uh, there was somebody had gone up to the ticket counter and uh, attempted to purchase a ticket and um, put gave you know gave the cashier a twenty dollar bill to buy the ticket and when the cashier was open uh, the person that was buying the ticket you know put his hand in the pocket of his jacket and said give me the money and then reached towards the drawer and the person that was working the drawer just closed the drawer because there was you know like a, a screen or something there and then the person said something to the effect of like. Oh, I, I'm just kidding. I was just practicing. Please don't tell anybody about this, and you know it'll be all good. And then proceeded to leave. Well, just, just went, practicing. Oh, that's a good, that's a good. Yeah, this is just a, practicing. This is a practice yeah. robbery. I'm going to do the real one tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and so the manager was engaged really quickly. Contacted security. The person was found and uh, and tracked down and actually arrested for attempted robbery, as you would imagine yeah, uh, in a well. situation like that. But. Uh, yeah, and this is an example of one of, you know, who knows how That's many awesome. types of crazy things like that. That's I was awesome. probably in the industry 20 years before uh, I was at a property that was actually getting a new Santa set. Because, you know, normally you recycle and you, you might change some things. And so they, they asked for input. And I said, I want something inflatable because we've had Santa sets that take four days to build. And you need two lifts and, you know, a crew of 40 and... and uh, I was only half kidding about the inflatable. <laughs> Let me plug it in and, you know, we'll put some trees around it and we'll put fake snow. Called it a. And uh, instead, we had a very elaborate set that had moving pieces and there was all these gears. It was sort of Santa's workshop. And the first day we opened, uh, a, a handle fell off and it almost hit someone in line. And, I mean, it was just <laughs> one of those scary things. But it wasn't until we actually start taking the pictures, there was a big gear in the in the middle. The Santa chair was in front of it. And when we took the first picture and really looked like it, looked like Santa was sitting in the middle of a bullseye. And it just wasn't really the image that you wanted for, for Santa there. And so, uh, you know, at, at different times, we've all seen very elaborate. We've seen some, some simple, beautiful ones. And, uh, but, uh, you know, we, there was the NORAD tracking stations. There's oh, been yeah, all these those other things. Cool. And, and, those and cool. you know, some that they can cost, you know, $20,000, $30,000 to put up and then another $20,000 take it down. And it's, it's, it's been an interesting process. And, well, then, and, uh, and some developers developed uh, snow globes where you went inside the snow globe to visit with Santa. Some were a big sleigh. Some were, I saw one that was a Harry Potter experience. Mm -hmm. for, I was like, I wish I was at that mall. That's amazing. Yeah. Being a Potterhead. I didn't even know Potterheads was the name of that until I learned <laughs> that. I was like, wow, I'm, a, I'm not a Potterhead, but that's amazing. You know. And yeah. some that have two Santas, so you can get two lines going and they can see a different Santa on oh, both that's sides. that's awkward. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. I, I usually figured my, my marketing managers usually threaten all of the other stores with their life if they bring another Santa on on site. I'm pretty sure I've 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 seen my marketing managers open field tackle other Santas. I think it's uh, it's death 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 comes to us all. But if it's a marketing manager and a Santa that's not hers, it comes quickly. So yeah, like, like yeah. I, said, I was traveling last week and we're in a hotel and the guy came down to have breakfast and I said, please tell me you're a Santa somewhere. I mean, he just looked so good. <laughs> I just I just I know him. I don't know where, but I can get you a job. I'm sure in you know, 10 minutes if you want one because he was just a, he said well I do it some but uh, yeah there's a, we were looking through old pictures this last weekend and we were seeing all the different Santas and Santas would usually come to our house for, for Thanksgiving Day because they started you know a week before and they had to go somewhere and so we'd have them up to the house so uh, we've got some great pictures and some great stories about having Santa at our house and one, one time we went up to a restaurant and the uh, that people were having their their Thanksgiving dinner, and there was Santa, and he he played the part. It wasn't on our property, and it was just it was a great time. No, those those are awesome. Hey, Mickey, as we wrap up this uh, this show, and we really appreciate your time. Um, 
I wanted to ask, uh, you know, we've, we've talked about a variety of things, holiday and technology and, and different things. Could, could you share with us um, maybe maybe a, a story? Um, you know, I, I love a, cata- a good catastrophe story. And since you're going into holidays and Black Friday and the holiday mess, do you have a good catastrophe story that you experienced on one of your properties um, or just, you know, had to deal with? Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, I've got too many. Um, <laughs> and I, I guess the good news is that I'm here to tell uh, the tales of all of them. But, um, you know, I, I before I, I I talk about the dark stuff, I think one of the things, Don, that I, I love about that story about the Santa, uh, Santa's coming over for Thanksgiving is I'm, I'm sure all of us have that story of some sort of orphaned person on Thanksgiving uh, that has been, you know, a, a business colleague or somebody that we've been working with that uh you've taken in uh and had a thanksgiving meal at your home with um one of my favorites was always delivering uh thanksgiving dinner to the security team that was working on thanksgiving day and uh, just making sure that you've got uh you're taking care of the people that take care of you and i think that's that's one of the most important one of the most important things especially yeah, kudos, as we go into this time of the year kudos, kudos to you for sure on that because that's yep. that's awesome to do for both your team your staff morale but just just good things to do for people i think that's awesome yeah, so now talking about death and fire. Yeah, let's uh, do it. I as love we, it. As we transition. Um, yeah, I, I've unfortunately had to deal with, uh, with, with death on property before. Um, I've also had to deal with, with multiple fires and, um, and, and floods. And um, I just recently, I mean, this was about a year ago. Maybe that's what pushed me out of management and actually into <laughs> uh, technology. But about a year ago, um, it was, uh, there was a, an issue where an individual had been burning incense um, in an apartment and that apartment, um, it was, you know, the, the incense was sitting on his nightstand. And as the incense burned down, it kind of fell away from the ashtray instead of into it and landed on bedding. The bedding caught on fire and it's it started the whole bed on fire. Fortunately, there are sprinklers in all modern buildings. Unfortunately, this was, I think, on the 11th floor of a building. And I'll let you kind of draw some conclusions about oh, about the rest of it. Uh, we found out about it both from the alarm and from the calls uh, that were coming in from people on floors below. But of course, it wasn't the floor below because that person wasn't home. So that unit got flooded out and units below that eventually made it all the way down to the ground floor wow. and, and, and hit the retailers on the ground floor. Uh, and if that wasn't bad enough, uh, less than two weeks later, um, in a building right next door to it that was also on one of my properties. Um, there was another fire and flood, though this time only on, I think, the fourth floor. And uh, and and that one was within kind of the uh, the trash chute, if you will. And, uh, you know, then the fire department came in and put the hose down the trash chute, was able to, to knock it down. Uh, but still a lot of water. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I do remember, though, that as, as I was sitting there, kind of standing, you know, in my dress shoes in an inch of water in that hallway going, I, I, I got to figure out something else. This is, this is not working for me. <laughs> I have a, awesome. a fire story too about incense. We had a Aladdin's castle and, and the employee was burning incense in the back and he was, he was uh, ready to go home. And so he emptied the uh, incense container in the trash can and the trash can caught fire, but he was a quick thinker. So he ran upstairs and throwed it, threw it into the compactor. At, which started the compactor on fire. And I don't know if you've ever seen how they put those fires out, but there's little plugs on the side that they, they take those out, and then they fill it, fill it full of water. And they basically just, but again, a lot of water. And then it's too heavy to pull it. So then you have to open the back, which lets all the water and all the trash come through. And, oh, it was just, it was a nightmare. It was a that's nightmare. Awesome. So, no incense burning. I, I think that's. Uh, well, I I think standing there in uh, ruined leather loafers yeah. uh, is a good way to look at your <laughs> the end of your day and go. I don't know. I don't know if having the water control people on speed dial is the right life for me. So, <laughs> you know, though I love it that even though your technology now, and um, I, I swear that with the people that do technology or people that design malls, uh, they ought to have to be a. Uh, property manager for at least a period of time because my guess is you have a great gut feeling about how it'll be received in the field and and what the execution problems are uh like i said some of my ideas look really good when i think or or seem really good when i think about them but when you get out there and you're applying it in the real world uh you know after a while you just learn that yeah that's not gonna you know there's gonna be pushback and so uh they're they're lucky to have you there with the experience that you have because uh, I'm sure it's made you a more um, 
a more critical thinker when it comes to what it means for operations. Yeah, yeah you're, you're very kind, uh, Don. Thank you very much. It's uh, it, you know, there, there's two customers uh, that you think about. It's that uh, that person who's paying your bills. It's that that merchant, that restaurant, the person uh, who is renting the space in the shopping center that you have to make sure you you know what their business needs are and you you truly have to know the business of their business i mean that is that is kind of you know paramount to making you a good manager uh but then more than that it's understanding their guest that that person who's coming in to shop in the store and to be to have the forethought to say is this the right decision for that person that is coming in is this person going to have a benefit from the things that we're doing here, or is this just another flashy, interesting thing? And there's no problems with testing out different things, but you just really have to know what it is that you're trying to get out of that in order to to make the right decisions. And so, um, yeah, I, I don't know that I would be even a tenth as successful in what I'm doing today if I hadn't actually spent the time standing in, you know, uh, half inch deep water in the back hallway of a center to understand, you know, all of the things that go into what this amazing business is. Dave, it's th- made me think of one story. If we can leave on a, what I think is a, is a high note. Uh, I was working uh, Black Friday when it was Black Friday early in the morning. I was a customer service and I see this lady coming by and she's dragging huge bags from KB Toys back when KB Toys used to be. And so I just came around the I came from around the desk. I said, can I help you get that out to the car? And she was there with a couple friends. And I mean, they had spent some serious dollars there. So I called and had a flatbed brought up and we were hauling the stuff out. And she said, uh, you know, this is very kind. I said, what do you do here? I said, I'm the manager. She said, you're the manager? I said, yeah. She said, why are you helping me? I said, because you're spending a lot of money here. I don't like this. So we start talking to her. Turns out she was a piano teacher. My daughter needed a new piano teacher. Uh, she, uh, my daughter started going there. And in a few months time, she was teaching piano to some of the beginners there and uh, we ended up with a multi-year I think it's still maybe going on where she did a a benefit concert in the mall every year with all of her with all of her students and it all became and I'm not saying this because it was me I was just in the right place at the right time but because you took the time you saw a need you saw someone who who needed something and and you went out there and you interacted I could have easily let her drag it out and she wouldn't have thought anything about it that I didn't come to help but sometimes you never know when you reach out and what person you talk to, what that's going to do going forward. And that's the part of the business I miss, that, oh, that's that the awesome. people. Well, and, and we're looking forward to a solid holiday season and uh, hopefully some really good experiences uh, from Black Friday through to the end of the year. Mickey, it's been great to have you with us. Thank you so Love much. Love the stories. And we're just grateful for your, uh, your willingness to share the growth you had in the industry with us. Thank you guys so much. Uh, again, this has been a lot of fun. I appreciate the invite. All right. Well, thank you for joining us. Uh, have a and uh, well, catch us next time. Thanks. Thanks.